Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. And as always, thanks so much for joining us. So, you know, I know when we talk about sales, everybody gets that pit in their stomach and they think, ick, I don't want to do it. I don't want to have the sales conversation. Can I hire someone to do it for me? All of the above. And I really want you to change that frame of reference. And I'm truly on a mission to change that word sales from that icky, sleazy manipulation to coming from a place of love, care, and respect. And to help you on your journey, again, on that little mindset shift, I have a free communication style assessment, my gift to you. Go to my website, WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA, and you will get two reports. One, it will spotlight your natural communication superpowers, and you'll get the flip side, your lowest score, which is usually our blind spots. You will get a report to spotlight that. So again, go to WhitmanAssos.com, my free gift to you. Now, my motivational quote to set the mood for today is by Matthew Caldwell. And Matthew says, recruiting should be viewed as a business partner, someone who is critical to the success of business. You know, as I look back over my corporate career, you know, which is eons ago, hiring the right people was a necessity to success, to the success of the sales division I managed, even though I have my own business now partnering with other business owners where we can partner and help each other grow our business, share our list, all those kinds of things. Um, all of the principles I used creating a thriving working partnership while in corporate, I'm using those same skills today. So think about the importance of finding, hiring, and partnering with the right people for your business. Now, today, my guest is Ivan Demosten, um, and Ivan is a sales professional with more than 20 years of experience, 16 years within talent acquisition and recruiting, which I'm so excited about. Um, and during his career, he has attained several awards from GE, Career Builders, Monster.com, and others. Now, Ivan has helped companies of all sizes with their online advertising, technology integration, diversity recruiting efforts, and overall recruiting strategies. He received his MBA from Thomas More University. He received his leadership training from Harvard Business School and has his D and I certification from eCornell. Now, Ivan lives in Cincinnati with his wife and three kids and is a parishioner at Garden Angels Church in the community of Anderson. Ivan, thank you so much for being on and sharing your zone of genius with my with my listeners today. Uh, Connie, pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I will add that I am a proud University of Cincinnati Bearcat alum. Go Bearcats. <laughs> You're so funny. You know, we could take we could take the the, the adults, right? We could never take the kid, our, our college alma mater out of us. Uh, no, a Rutgers no, grad. Yep. Yeah, right, yeah. New Jersey. You're a Cincinnati <laughs> dude. Oh. I'm a Jersey girl. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's a beautiful campus as, as well, Rutgers. Uh, yeah. I had uh, I had the good fortune to spend some time at Johnson & Johnson headquarters. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, that uh, that was amazing. I almost moved my family there after after spending so much time there. But uh, yeah, my um, my alma mater, University of Cincinnati, it's in my heart. We've had we've had a pretty good run with football, and uh, we're getting ready <laughs> to go to the uh, basketball tournament. The actually, we tip off at one o'clock for the conference uh, uh, conference You're basketball right. championship. So again. Uh, Go University of Cincinnati Bearcats. 
You're so cute. I love it. Shout out, right? Shout out to the alma mater. I love it. All right. So first question, can you tell me a little bit more about how you got first into really the sales world? Yeah. So, um, Connie, if you don't mind, let me start from the beginning. I, I, I love to start there so people understand sure. who I am and, and who's, who's communicating the message. I think it resonates a little bit more. Love it. Born in Haiti. And at six months old, my parents came to America via New York. So lived in, out in Long Island until I was 10 years old. And uh, one day, my father, who's a physician, came home and said that he no longer wanted to live in New York. And uh, two, three months later, we were living in all places, Lima, Ohio. And <laughs> so for those of you that don't know or, or have never heard of Lima, Ohio, the world revolves around Lima, Ohio. It is truly the center of the universe. Um, more to talk about on a different day. Very a wonderful cool. community, but uh, diversity really stuck out to me uh, moving to Lima because in my neighborhood and the schools that I went to, we're literally like a United Nations of people. Love my neighborhood, so, um, my next door neighbor was from Japan. The person who lived across the street was from somewhere else. The other next door neighbor was from Jamaica. One of my friends was from Greece. And every other house had a story. Love and, it. Uh, you know, come, come to Lima, Ohio, and then I stick out like a sore thumb, right? There weren't a lot of people that looked like me. As a matter of fact, I think the, the next closest Haitian was like, a hundred miles away. Wow. So, yeah. So uh, with that, I started school at the university of Cincinnati and there was some thought of maybe going into the family business after uh, my, my father to be a physician. And I had the good fortune of helping my friend with one of his businesses. He was a couple years older than me and his, uh, both of his grandparents uh, on both sides were, were uh, furniture retailers. They both had businesses around furniture and their own stories about that. So um, his father had a furniture store in Dayton, Ohio, where uh, people from all over, as far as Pittsburgh and Chicago, they would all come because he had he had exclusivity to a lot of these um, di- um, different types of furniture that you know only only this select or privileged few could could get and he wanted to start his own his own empire so to speak and he asked me to come on board and help and i you know didn't take me long to realize what an amazing thing sales was so i should t- share with you that my father is a, is a psychiatrist so i just became fascinated with the human behavior Mm-hmm. You know, people coming in, uh, saying that they're just looking and how they would just come in off the street to just looking ended up spending thousands of dollars on furniture. And you could tell by their body language, too. Sometimes if they said they weren't looking, they were doing more than just looking. Or if they were just looking and they didn't want you coming around, how they would literally Based on your the way that you approach them, they would literally chase you around asking for questions and end up signing big tickets. So that was really my entree into sales. It was on the retail end and being fascinated with the 
with the human behavior and the, the sales process. It's fascinating. Um, you're making me laugh because when my kids started school, um, you know, I had gone, I got my undergraduate at Rutgers and then I went for my MBA a few years later at night, you know, working full time and I got my MBA. And I always said to my husband, and we had kids, right? And then, you know, life takes on its own, you know, dynamic. And I always said, I want to go back for my PhD. And my husband would say, well, what do you want to do? Because I, you know, I had a thriving career and everything. I said, I really want to do psychology because, you know, sales is really just human behavior and yes. understanding how to connect human to human, really nothing more and nothing less. So like, I feel like, am I missing anything? Because it's natural, right? You're natural too. We, we, we connect, we feel each other right immediately. We got on, we were giggling within three seconds. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. that human connection. And it's a, na- I think it's a natural gift. And I think you have that same natural gift, but yeah, really you. at the, co- yeah, no, I, I, and I mean that sincerely, but at the core, I think it's about human behavior. Sales is about human behavior. So well yeah. said. Yeah. Johnny, I didn't ask you this. Is this, is, is our conversation on video? Will our audience get to see the video? Yeah. Or is yes. This- they're going to okay. see us, baby. Oh, baby. I do love. I want everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. For those of you that are on Apple podcasts, you're losing that. You don't get to see my beautiful face or um, Ivan's True story, face. by the way, true story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, I do have a YouTube. So some are li- watching YouTube. Some just like to listen. So, you know, whatever, right. whatever your jam is, I, I have listeners from different venues, but yes. Yeah. Cause I, I I'll share with you when I, I, I learned so many things that I use today. So I being in, in retail and seeing these things I use in my interpersonal relationships as yep. well as professional, as you can see here, I try to be, authentic and try to give a little bit of myself hence being in the middle of my home with my with my daughter's picture here so you people are actually seeing what they get right and i learned that when when they walked into the store and i watched and a lot of what i did i'd watch and ask questions like i would see what was going on but couldn't articulate absolutely and uh you know, so you can, you could be authentic and professional at the same time. Absolutely. You can learn to connect with strangers. You may only have 30 seconds or a minute to connect with someone, but simple things uh, such as mirroring, which sounds, you know, some people may not uh, understand or really buy into it, but you know, if someone's shy and quiet spoken, you don't want to run up to them and start being gregarious, right. <laughs> and being loud and and screaming at them you know you want to respect that you i you see and identify and so you learn how to approach them but on the other side if these guys are coming out of uh, coming walking into the the sh- um the, the showroom after being at a tailgate you don't want to you don't want to approach them being meek either right you need to learn how find to find the assess, balance yeah find the balance assess the situation and i i recall one um one instance in particular, for whatever reason, I, we were shorthanded in the, in the store and we had families looking for this for, for their home. And we had another family had their parents there who wanted to buy stuff for their new and all these. And, um, I, I got enough courage to ask them to all follow me. And I did a a brief presentation on what was available because that, um, that showroom had a lot of customization that was possible. 
Cool. And I realized if I were to go to each one, there might be an opportunity to miss out on all this enthusiasm. That's right. Or maybe, you know, you know how sometimes uh, customers feel cheated or slighted if they were there first and you approach somebody else after they've been waiting for. So I asked them all to come by and I gave them a brief presentation. And to my amazement, they each came up to me and commended me. And they all, I think it was like four or five groups of customers and they all ended up buying from me that, that, uh, that afternoon. So that taught me something as well. If, if you respect people and you're, you're honest and they all knew I, we were short. I was the only one in the store. So they got it and they all listened and I shared my knowledge and I was able to answer their, their questions. Not quite the, the, uh, the approach that they had expected when they walked in, but it really, uh, my sense of respect and making sure that they were able to attain the information that they needed to make a knowledgeable decision uh, really helped them all. And I learned a great lesson that day. That word respect, so important, Ivan. Um, and I, my intro, right? You know, sales has that ick factor and I get it. And, and you know, the shows on TV and the history of of sales is you know the win lose I've gotcha right cha ching I beat you um, that's where that all comes from and here you you were short staffed it is what it is you had all these people walking in and that level of respect that's why people pause and think oh this guy's a little different. He's he's trying to be mindful because he's got all these people in their short staffed, right? So what was the solution? You came up with a solution for that specific situation to help them, but it was always about helping them. That's respect. Yes. Love yes. that story. Yeah, um, Connie, I'll I'll even add. So I'm fortunate enough at uh Thomas More University where I received my my MBA. They invited me to be adjunct for professional selling, um, an accelerated course. Um okay in their class. So there's a lot of marketing students in there and some of them are taking it because, you know, or I should say most are taking it because they need the credits, right? They're they're not super enthusiastic about being salespeople necessarily. One or two, but that's one of the things I make sure to tell them and make sure they realize really salespeople for whatever people think that ick factor, which I think is more in a consumer or client's mind than, than reality, the world revolves because of salespeople like you and I, like who without salespeople, who is going to bring new products and services to the marketplace? Who's going to go and share the latest and greatest and best practices to uh, individuals and companies, they, they'll be they'll be left behind. Only those that have the resources um, to go out and explore and discover new ways are going to be able to thrive in the marketplace. Without us, yeah. and I, I'll even say, even the big companies like your GEs and Honeywell's, Amazon, they rely and they need salespeople to come and share with them what's available and how they can do things better. So Absolutely. I really. Yeah, so I, I I really love what I do, uh, and I try to share with people, hey, you know, it, you can't control everybody. All you can do is control yourself. Agreed. But, you know, 
there's all these sayings. No doesn't mean no. It just uh, it means just right, not right now. And That's hey, right. never take no for an answer. All these things. But gosh, if I had a nickel for every time a client blew me off or told me they they didn't need me or they were just looking and then they ended up buying for me, that that would be a great commission stream as well, right? How many of them come around and say, oh, I remember, hey, some guy came to me months ago talking about the same thing. I need to, I need to find who he is, right? So uh, I, I'm happy to, to provide that service to, to, my, to my clients. What would you say is the biggest challenge you faced during your career? Ah, biggest challenge. I mean, I, I don't think my challenges are any different than anyone else's, right? You, you, you try to, you try to, uh, uh, perfect your craft and, uh, you try to overcome barriers, whether they're gatekeepers, distance, um, or any lack of resources that, that you may have, uh, thing, things arise. I, I will say that, you know, I, I came from a place where all this was new to me. And I remember being in my MBA class. I, so my, um, my undergrad was in natural science, uh, concentration in uh, biology. And I had r- really no grasp of the business world. And my mind just kind of exploded. They're like, oh, like things... I'm like reflecting back in my past and uh, cause I got my MBA when I was in uh, my early thirties. So uh, all these things started making sense and clicking. So I'd say um, on one says, I wish I would have known what I didn't know or been able to seek out mentorship. Yeah. Uh, or, and, and I tell people, you saw, you, you saw me on the phone uh, with, with one of my candidates coaching is unbelievable it that the concept of coaching didn't wasn't even in my mind i couldn't yes. even have asked for it because i didn't understand so yeah a lot of a lot of the things that have made me successful i had to figure out on my own and luckily i was able to but i will say um you know had some good managers had some bad ones the good ones i um w- that were able to assist and guide me uh really helped but um you know, the bad managers I'd have to discover and not that they were bad people, right? They were hundred percent. They're just bad managers. Yeah. They're, you know, maybe they got, they got a role because they knew the boss or they had a role. They were there the longest, right? They were there the longest or they were, they were, they, they were good at selling, but that didn't make them a good manager. That's right. You know, all these different things. And uh, yeah. And, um, I will say that one of the realizations in, in my career was realizing the impact of relationship selling. Absolutely. Was a huge turning point for me. Yeah. It's all about the relationship, Ivan. And I'm laughing because life is a great teacher, right? We don't, yes. and it, that's my, on the intro, right? This my communication style assessment. We all have blind spots, but if no one shines a light on our blind spots, we don't even know they're there. That's why they're called blind spots, right? Well, it's the same thing in life and, and life is a great teacher, sometimes a harsh teacher, but a great teacher. And I, I just want to comment, all managers should not be managers. I, I kind of paraphrase, but I agree with that, that they're great at whatever that skill is that doesn't translate them to being great mentors, coaches, or bosses, right? 
I have felt, I have found that I had probably in my 20 corp, 20 years in corporate before I opened my business 20 years ago, uh, I probably had two good managers. The rest were horrifying. Here's the thing though, as a business owner now, as a coach now, right? As a sales leader and teaching people sales, what I learned from the bad managers I think really has served me well as well because you know yeah. what doesn't work and, and is horrifying that you could never do or was wrong to treat another human um, that way. So it's just, I, I think, again, life is life. It teaches you, but also even those bad experiences, you walked away with some nugget or some learning piece or a change within self that now makes us better at coaching or whatever it is. And I want to shift for a minute. Um, now, you're, you help people like you had just before we started recording um, one of your clients, you were coaching her on her interviewing and all of those things. When looking at the overall recruitment strategies, what are some things that you see a lot of companies are just lacking that because I have a lot of uh, executives and people who work in corporate that I think as well as business owner like ourselves, right? What should we be looking for so that we don't make those mistakes? Yeah. So great question. I, I don't know if I can necessarily speak to that because I think from my, from where I sit, although there are some commonalities, things are unique to every organization uh, yeah, as well. I agree right? with that. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that overall, the the attraction of of uh, talent is changing so much that I think our uh, our companies are you know the corporate America is kind of missing the mark, and unfortunately, those that are doing a a good job mm-hmm. are the ones that we all we all hear about, and they're the ones that are really like spreading distance, making distance from the others, right? So yeah. they're getting the best talent. They're they're being able to choose who they want. And then everybody else is left to fight and try to, uh, you know, get on board somewhere else where they're not as well equipped to even bring you in, right? I, I We can talk about so many things, automation for one, um, you know, diversity recruiting. I I've been sharing with people, Hey, if you don't have a, if you don't have a diversity strategy, you're starting off on the um, shorthanded because what you're, what you're telling yourself and your company is that you don't need to, to attract from uh, a portion of the population. You're, you're right off the bat working from uh, a short end of the stick, right? So it's, it's blind spot. Blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause people have different experiences. So for instance, if you are a global national or global company and you focus your efforts where, wh- whether it's on purpose or not, but you focus your efforts one way and you're getting 98% men, you're missing out on half the population. If you have a, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a strategy that does not attract military veterans or their family members, you're leaving out a huge part of the demographic that brings some phenomenal skill sets to your Absolutely. And disciplines. Yeah. Disciplines, right? Uh, And let let me also say that 
we're in a we're in an age where our population is growing 55 and older at a phenomenal rate. So there's potential there to really have someone who can be a game changer in your organization based on their knowledge and experience Absolutely. and, uh, you know, have some uh, truly huge impact on your organization. So if you're not paying attention to that, you're going to miss out on, on that workforce. And that's a growing workforce. So th- with every passing day, week, month, year, you're shrinking the pool of candidates that, that you can have truly, if you're if you're a smaller company, maybe it's not as painful. But I I tell people this too: just because you're looking for an accountant, you're not just competing with the banks and the IRS or any or any firms. You're competing with everybody because everybody needs accountants, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you you can use that thought process with just about any role, any position. You really have to. Uh, have a have a good approach in in expanding and widening that that pool for yourself yeah and i and and it's blind spots when you don't have the different perspectives so two comments on that um gary v uh, you know gary v, he's from jersey he's a jersey guy um he's all over the internet uh he's he's a philanthropist but he's also an angel investor and so one of it, my kids follow him too so he's very diverse you know which i which i like you know he curses and stuff so that resonates with the kids um but a lot of his stuff, maybe it doesn't resonate with me, but one day I remember I was listening to his podcast or whatever, an interview that he he did. And he said that kids are not afraid to come to him and say, Hey, I have this great idea, Gary, can you give me some money for, and they, they have it all planned out what the, what their uh, idea is. And he says, and there's so many missing pieces because they're young life, right? Life. They don't have a lot of life and a lot of experience. He says, you 55, 60, 65, 70 year olds, why aren't you calling me? He says, because you have yeah. all of this life experience, but the chances of you being able to translate that into real money, right? Successful money. Again, not, not necessarily that money measures success, but that you could create a thriving, successful business just because of exactly what you just said. You have so much experience and you've seen so much that you're not going to make mistakes that the kids are making. He said, I'm, I'm waiting to give you old people money. Like, where are you? Right. So I giggled because when I saw this, probably I'm 60 now, it was maybe 50, maybe 56 when, when I saw that interview. And I remember I was starting, I I was uh, starting another podcast, right? I was changing my business. I created another division. And, and as I was talking to colleagues and friends, they, who, who did not have their own business, they were like, why are you doing that? Like, aren't you looking to retire? And it was funny. The first time I was asked, Ivan, I paused and I said, huh, (laughs) retire. I'm too young. Like, what do you, like, what are you talking about? So to me, it was, no, I have more to do. What do you mean slow down? Like, I feel like I'm amping up because I have all of this knowledge now that I know what to do with. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. And hey, isn't retirement, doesn't that mean that you get to do what you want? Well, I get to do what I want now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to climb Mount Everest or if you wanted to, if you wanted to hang out at Starbucks or Burger King or start your own business. I mean, we talked about my daughter. I can't wait for the day where I buy her an animal hospital and I sit and greet everybody that comes in the front door. I love this it. animal, right? So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to retirement. I'm going to be a phenomenal animal breeder. 
Yes, I love it. But see, that's what I'm saying. So like slowing down. It, you, yes, look, there, there's nothing wa- wrong with retiring or looking forward to that. But I, I would giggle when people would ask me that. It's like, have you met me? Do you see my energy level? Could you imagine me not having something to do or a purpose every day? I'd shrivel up and die. <laughs> like, like it's so polar opposite of how my brain thinks. The other thing I wanted to comment on the diversity, and this will be my last comment. Um, we're almost out of time, but it's important. The, no, I'm here all day, Connie. You I know to, you're you so cute. The attention span of listeners, you know, wait, my, including myself, right? We have a little bit, we have a low attention span. But here's the other important thing that you said about diversity that I think we forget about that's important. Every one of us, every human that walks this earth, we all have a different life experience. We now they're finding are transmitting biases and perspectives and beliefs from 14 generations that it's actually traveling and handed down through our DNA, not even just the experiential piece, right? That you learn between that age of one and five. So you have men and women. I love how you said that, right? We do think differently. You know, I'm Italian. I grew up with a very big Italian family and I always use the story Christmas Eve. I remember the first time I took it over, you know, my aunts and my mom and everybody was getting older and my, my generation took over the holidays. And I remember the first one, I was having 40 people. I remember talking to a friend and she's like, oh, you're doing Christmas Eve. I'm like, yeah, my first one. And how many people? I go, 40. I go, it's going to be so much fun. And, and the re- reaction, Ivan was hilarious. She goes, wait, wait, what? And, and, I, and I said, well, how many people are you having? She goes, six. <laughs> I go, six, 40. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference? But here's the thing. I grew up with 70 people around the table and that was normal for me where her perspective was like 40 people. You're not, you're, you're not going to be able to sleep for a week planning that. Right. So it's perspective and we have these biases through generations, through how we were raised, um, yeah. male, female, right. Yeah. Where you grew up, like you were saying, Long Island, I'm a Jersey girl, right. The, it impacts how we see the world. And here's the more, most important thing, right. And I I know you believe this too, Ivan. It's not good or bad, right or wrong. It is. So why aren't we tapping into that diversity of our of our human um, individualness, right? Yes. To create even a better experience for anybody who enters our orbit, right? And for sales, yeah. I think that's real important. Yeah, Connie, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, very well said. I I love to experience people's homes and families. Right. And uh, I I think that's yeah. And then, you know, when I when I can go in there and smell the food and hear the stories where we although all those things, there are differences, we're much more alike than we are different. And I can't tell you how many times I've come home with a recipe or (laughs) or come home and shared a story that resonates with with the family or others. And more importantly, how many times have we gone into businesses and we're like, oh, we should take that back and talk about it, bring best practices and what we see too, right? Yes, absolutely. Same, same thing. And um, yeah, I can't tell you how many how many times I, I have a client recently who we placed of all things, um, HVAC is huge in this region. I don't know oh. uh, if it is uh, where you are, but they're really, really good HVAC people are hard to find. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was able to find somebody, bring them over to this, to this company that's a uh, uh, provides uh, they're a construction company, but they provide HVAC service to sure. uh, to their clients because they do clean rooms. 
And uh, the person, the president told me last week that his mind was blown from the candidate because he's just bringing all these different things that they never had. And man, he couldn't stop talking about it. So I'm like, you know what, that my job is done. And that individual doesn't even realize what he's doing for me because every time that they need somebody now, they're going to think of him. Absolutely. And how impactful he is to their organization. And more importantly, it's not going to hurt when they write the check to me. Right. They'll, they'll smile when they write, when they sign the check. So, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It's a gift to be able to, to coordinate and put the right candidate with the right organization. Right. It's it's a gift. The other thing I'll say about the president that you just mentioned, that he was so grateful in all the new ideas that the the new person brought to the table. I give him credit because sometimes it, what happens is the president or the, the lead person. Right. Whether it's the boss or not, they say, oh, we don't do it that way where he was yeah, saying, hmm, yeah, I love that yeah. idea. Idea. Tell me yeah, more. You're right. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for being open minded. Uh, and I think that's another takeaway for anybody that business or, or works in corporate doesn't matter that you're a leader. You want to hear people's ideas because inevitably they can make you better. So we have to be open minded. And I, I don't know as a society, we always are. We think our way is the right way. And I'll, I'll just on this last note, um, Ivan, I'll share with you as I age. And with COVID, I pivoted because who knew small business owners could use my service. I had always had corporate clients um, where I helped them build corporate cultures, right? Sales service, the client journey kind of perspective. Now, these small business owners are like, I'd be in networking or they hear me speak and say, can you help me? And sure, right? And I remember learning because I didn't know a lot about the technology and the platforms and how to offer things, right, through this digital framework. And I remember learning during COVID, taking all these classes and learning and meeting and, and networking and asking a million questions. And every night, my husband would go, how was it? And they'd go, oh, my God, I don't know anything. I felt I had so many darn blind spots. And for the first time, I had the opportunity because of COVID to ask and explore in a venue that I had never, ever been on before because everything was live for me. I met live. I spoke live. I, I trained live. So it's it, for people listening and, and hearing uh, Ivan's story and his background and, and just our conversation today. You have to be open minded. And that's not always an easy thing. But you learn yeah. so much when you open your mind to what is possible. Right. Yeah. What 100 percent. And thank you for for acknowledging that because it is uh, when you can do it right and you can make that perfect match. I think my skill set, uh, being a salesperson at heart, yes, I've been able to kind of identify within the organizations like yeah. what makes them great and yeah. find people that are are good matches for them, whether they're old, young, um, whatever. I I think it's essential as often as possible to sell the company in an exciting way. I think that's one thing that's missing from uh, a lot of corporate America is starting to go down the list and just check the boxes. Yes. Insurance check, uh, PTO check. Uh, yeah. Nine to five Monday, you know, and they forget to tell about all the great things or what makes them a wonderful yeah. place to work. Yeah. And truly sometimes the candidates, forget that too. They're looking for those things. So they forget to circle back and say, Hey, now let me, we've got all those things. Now let me tell you why you need to come work here. Why yeah. we want you 
why you're going to be a great fit. And um, yeah, happy to chat with you about that more often. I, I've learned so much from you today, Connie. Oh, thank you so much. Back at you. And and it's funny because what you just described to me is sales. You are a solution oh, yeah. provider. Your solution is to pull the corporation and the candidate and do that perfect marriage that just makes the win-win, like your president reaching out and saying, the president of that company, I'm learning so much from him. I can't thank you enough that you brought him to me, right? So it's it's knowing who the president and the organization is and finding relationships, that relationship that sales relationships and providing solutions that's our at the core i really believe that's the job of a salesperson everyone i think you need more ivan in your life so here's the deal go to his website which is hamiltondemo.com if you'd like to reach out to ivan directly it's ivan y-v-a-n at hamiltondemo.com don't worry, I will put it in the show notes for you so that you can find him easy peasy. Um, Ivan, thank you again for being on. Just such a great conversation. And, I, you know, here's the deal. I love the show because I hope that I hope people listen and hear our conversation. Right. It's nothing more than a conversation. But I hope they go, oh, I never thought of that. Right. It's that expansion of perspective that just makes us better. So thank you so much for sharing your zone of genius today. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, Connie. I, I had a great time. Thank you. Back so at you. Back at you, my friend. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that sales, building relationships, career, uh, wherever you are in your career or business, I hope my guests and I provide some tips, strategies, and ideas for you. Here's the deal. Information is a wonderful thing. Applying that information is where we create the change and the magic on the back end. So create magic, apply some of the ideas that Ivan and I talked about today um, and just see what crazy, amazing things happen. Um, thank you again, Ivan. Thank you all for joining me. Um, you've been listening to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net with me, your host, Connie Whitman. I truly wish you a, a wonderful week full of inspiration, full of change, and full of new relationships and building those relationships so that you could create even more in the world. Um, we need to be generous. We need to love each other. And I hope you bring that to the world too. So thanks and have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.